This is Shavo from System of a Down, and you're listening to Something Crunchy. Welcome to Something Crunchy, the Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast. Biscuit is homies with Blake. Blake is the older brother of Blair. And Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Colin Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. All right. Welcome to Something Crunchy. I'm Cullen Blake. With me as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. We have such a crunchy guest joining us tonight. He's an entrepreneur, the founder of premium lifestyle brand 22 Red, and bass player for the Grammy Award-winning multi-platinum system of a down. Please welcome Shavo Adagian. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us. How are you, Shavo? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me. I, you know, I much appreciate. Of course. I mean, we are so pumped to have you on. And we were just watching clips of you like a couple weeks ago of that NASCAR event doing up Cypress Hill. That was dope. Oh, yeah. That was really, really fun. And I had never been to a, I mean, I had been to a NASCAR event, but it was back in the day. I think it was like somewhere in Indian, Indianapolis or something. But it, I was young and I didn't really realize what we were doing. We were just kind of played a show and then watched NASCAR. But this one was cool because I got to actually experience it and watch it and not just be performing you know so it was really fun same thing i have only been to a couple of the nascar events that was a long time ago and they are way louder than you think they are in person yeah for sure i mean they told us uh, but it wasn't as loud as i thought because they were just because i took my kids so i had you know earplugs the earmuffs everything and it's like slowly but surely they started taking them off a little bit you know little by little i guess the coliseum it didn't it was at the LA Coliseum and it wasn't so crazy. It wasn't as loud as they explained it to me because they freaked us out. They're like, you need to, you know, you got to protect your ears and this, this. It, it was loud, but you know what was the problem? The Coliseum wasn't as big as most NASCAR uh, places, right? So, um, so, so the track was, you know, just kind of spinning in circles twice. And then all of a sudden someone would rub and all of a sudden it would slow down again. And then they would have to do this like little coasting and then two, two laps and it's, slowed down again so it never really did a fun like where i could watch what's going on and wow you know crashes nothing like that it it's was hard like, to stay involved because they constantly yeah. slow down and no one can pass each other and they do that constantly exactly. some, some of them are like it and it, yeah it makes it unwatchable at times it, it wasn't it wasn't as fun as i thought it was but i i get it though you know what i'm saying if the track was bigger and you know they they let it go for a few laps <laughs> it'd be probably way more interesting than just watching things slow and start and it was like you know it was like when you're a kid and you have those little tyco things where you, the little tracks you make and then the <laughs> shit the little thing falls off the track and you got to go put it back on i feel like that's what it was i was watching a real size tyco whatever you know those. <laughs> wouldn't it be so much better to let them like try and drive through the debris and let them figure it out and there and... was no debris there was nothing it was like a bump i'm talking about like no crash and bump like I, I didn't see the bump happen it was just, okay now we're flags up lights are on okay now we're chilling yeah if it happened yeah. in a parking lot insurance information wouldn't yeah. even be exchanged <laughs> not at all <laughs> nothing zero but uh but playing with cypress was really fun i love those guys those guys are like my brothers and we just melt like it just feels right with those guys we might we're gonna do more often because it just feels cool to you know play with those guys and it's like two two genres mixing and making one it's really great yeah you absolutely should i was just about to ask yeah. any more collabs coming up oh for sure we've already talked about it they have some shows coming up they're kind of on like this little tour run where they're doing a few dates and you know and uh south america a few dates in america a few dates in australia so when, when, once they're done with australia they're going to come back and we're going to start jamming we're probably going to like write some stuff too, kind of have some fun you know i'm digging the north kingsley stuff too man it is a cool oh, sound yeah. and slowly getting heavier i really like it yeah we uh we finished the record but thing is as it's been taking so long i'm kind of putting it to rest i will drop the record but I started a solo record, which is like heavy, no hip hop, no electro, nothing, just heavy with a producer I'm, uh, I became friends with a year ago, Morgoth Beats. Um, he's the guitar player for Winds of Plague. Um, and I mean, it's just, you know, when something feels right, I've always done, I've, I've always tried to go against the grain, not do anything that is system-esque, you know? Right. Um, but it's been so long and I've, I, that's just in my DNA. That's what I, that's how I write. You know, I write heavy music, but then I try to dumb it down with like 
okay, now we got to do this because it's, I don't want it to stop. I said, Fuck that. I said, oh, uh, can, I, uh, can I cuss? Is, is that cool? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. All right. All right. Just, you know, just making sure. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to offend anybody. No. Um, so, yeah. So I just started writing heavy music and it, again, and it just feels right. So I'm, I'm in the middle of like, which do I drop first? Because North Kingsley's done, but this is like now nine songs in. And um, I don't know, it's sounding so cool. We just need a vocalist. Uh, but I do, I am going to get some features from friends of mine, you know, from other bands. I won't mention who at the moment, but there's going to be a lot of cool features on there. And I want to get one like vocalist to go so we can take it on tour, you know, because you, you can't really tour with features. But if it was all features, which was the original idea, the original idea was to like write all these heavy songs and then have one famous singer from another band sing each one right which was sounded a good, like a good idea but yeah, i can't take that on before. the it's been done before but but i i could have done it really cool but i just can't take that on the road no you know what i'm saying so, so but and I, and I yeah so i really want to tour so with it so i think i'm gonna get like one vocalist that could do it all and then have the features for the record and kind of this will be the first of many i feel like i found a good home and, and a good partner with morgoth but but yeah north kingsley we it's just been like three, four years in the making. The The mixing process lagged. Our producer went to Armenia for a while. And by the time he came back, it was kind of like, you have to get the stems in and get the mixing done. So it took a little longer than I wanted it to. That's why I started a new project because I just can't sit around, you know, I right. need to work. I, I love writing music. I love doing, you know, starting businesses and like, you know, having goals and accomplishing them. And so I started this and it's like, they say, put your best foot forward. So I, this is something I'm excited about right now, but I know I need to give that North Kingsley, a, you know, I need, I need to release it and I need to have people here because I've been talking about it for so long now. So, so I'm just in the middle of what I'm going to release first, but one of those is going to come out soon. Excited <laughs> for it all. One. Yes. We need yeah. It yeah. That's right. Hell yeah. I've, I've just been really creative lately. Cause I, you know, it's just, you go through little, um, spurts you know little spurts of energy and spurts of cre creativity and i just been in it right now and it feels good you know right it feels good to write music again yeah yeah well like most system of a down has been a part of my life soundtrack there's so many factors <laughs> that made you guys a colossal success unquestionably a unique sound in the metal genre being armenian americans you had something real to say surge being a polarizing frontman. these are obviously big contributing factors but let's focus on just three specifically First, you guys came up at the very start of needing to bring your own crowd to be booked. And I heard it was you that drew up all the artwork and pounded the pavement to grow the name before getting these gigs. My question is, without those personal efforts early on as manager and that extra hustle you did to build the brand around L.A., would everything else have followed? Bino, Rick, Riots. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I just kind of did what felt right and what I thought should be done. There was no... Um, the plan was just do what I can. And it felt right. For example, I worked, I went to college. Um, I, I was doing it all at the same time I was rehearsing and managing. So a day in the life was wake up at five, be at work by six. Cause I was working at first interstate bank, which now is Wells Fargo. I was doing wire transfers. I would, <laughs> I did that till like 3 PM. And then at 3 PM, I left work. I went to school from five to like seven night school. And then I would go eight o'clock and rehearse till about 11, 12, and then start the day over again. Now, once we had about seven songs, I started calling all the clubs off, you know, during my, cause I was doing wire transfers. So like one phone call would come, you know, thanks for calling first interstate, blah, blah, blah. And then I would switch off to the Roxy. I'd be like, hey, my name is Shavo. We got this band system of a down. Uh, we'd love to get a gig. He's like, so send us a demo. I'm like, but we don't have a demo. And they're like, sorry, we can't give you a gig. Click, fuck. Okay, next. Thanks for calling First Interstate. I'd call the Roxy again. I'd call the Troubadour. I'd call the Whiskey. And I just hounded these guys, bro. Hounded every day. I called four times until there was a point they're like, dude, we need a demo. I'm like, but I don't have a demo. We don't have any money to make a demo. It wasn't like today where someone could make a demo in their bedroom right. with a computer. It was like, you have to go get a studio. You have to get an engineer. You have to get a recording. It's like, real to real and all this shit, right ate at or whatever it was at the time anyhow long story short one the guy from the roxy was like i'm done with you bro here's a number call this guy this guy will get you a gig i remember the guy's name was brian markovich gave me the guy's number i called brian i said yo same spiel and the guy goes can you sell tickets i said sure we can give us tickets he gave us 70 mm -hmm. tickets 
in about a week, I brought, I, I said, we're done. We want more tickets. He's like, what? It's a new band that never played a show, just sold 70 and wants more tickets. So he gave us another 70. We sold that too. And uh, we just had a lot of friends. We, we just had a lot of friends and people that were excited about us starting because we would rehearse in North Hollywood and we would bring people over to like watch us after we had seven songs. So we kind of had little private quaint shows, you know, but to ourselves, no, not really a show, but like we we'd practice in front of our friends. So our friends had friends and so on and so on. So we sold all these tickets. We played, it was May 28th, 1995. We played the Roxy. We went buck wild and the rest is history. Yeah, place went crazy. And yeah, I did make art. I would, like I said, even at First Interstate, I would be like drawing the band name and then I'd be Xeroxing it, blowing it up, getting all crusty and then kind of, you using art tactics with a Xerox machine and to make logos. I would, um, I had a friend, I, he, he looked weird. I tied him up. I wrote system on his chest. I took pictures of him while he was, <laughs> try, you know, trying to get up. And then I used that as our demo cover prior to having the demo, prior to having the show, I passed that around. I'd go to clubs. I'd be like, what's this? I'm like, just get the name in your head. You don't have to know what this is yet. So it's like, cause it was a tough name fuck a system of a down you know what i'm saying that didn't even make sense it's it's grammatically wrong you know so um <laughs> so 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 people just kind of vibed on it you know they were like this is a different shit and then you know and then when when they saw the band it was like okay it all makes sense now this band is different shit you know they're just different you know so that was the thing bro it, it wasn't me only it was the collaborative effort of everybody you know songwriting the lyrics the look the push i gave the non-stop fucking disco <laughs> it had you know, just, yeah it had yeah. to be the perfect storm um but i just wanted to highlight that fact because i don't think a lot of bands at that time and even now realize that that it takes more than talent you need that relentless ambition and drive uh -huh. to be able to get you to hear your sound for it sure bro for sure and also like there was we were causing a ruckus but bands that weren't causing a ruckus but were safer were getting picked up left and right and it was kind of like two and a half years later all these bands that we played with were all getting signed and we were still playing clubs, packing the shows, sold out shows, but labels didn't know what to do with us. They just didn't know how to offer it. They didn't know how to market us. They were just like, what do we do with these bands? This is, they don't sound like rage. They don't sound like corn. They don't sound like, they just have this other sound and we don't know how to market them now. And it was that new metal thing was happening, but we weren't rap metal. We weren't doing what everybody else was kind of doing. So it took, someone like rick rubin to come in and be like okay i get this and i can make something of this and that's when everyone started pouring offers and it became a bidding war it was like every, everyone was coming the labels were at the shows they just weren't offering a deal they were just kind of like showing up talking to me and going all right next when's the next gig i'm like fuck bro you're not gonna you're not gonna make us an offer <laughs> and it's just kept they, they kept coming around and then one day at the viper room rick came and um he just there, just first show, first time he saw us. He didn't have to come back. He's like, he pulled he us outside right on. There. He was ready on Sunset. He pulled us outside of the Viper Room by that liquor store, and he had a little powwow. And he's like, I want this, whatever it takes. Let's go. See, but I, we still didn't sign to him. <laughs> we were gonna go somewhere else still, but we came. You know, certain things. The planets aligned and we went with Rick and yeah, the yeah. stars aligned. And that was the right yeah. choice because he was the first one to like, no, I'm all over this. I'm ready to go now. I don't need to wait. I don't need to hear more. And I'm so glad that you transitioned to Rick because that was the next factor I wanted to address. I mean, I have seen the countless interviews, the documentaries, all the lore on Rick Rubin. And I know mm -hmm. he's impactful, but if you removed his influence and someone else produced those five albums, are they recognizable as we know it? Or are they really oh, yeah. entirely different? No, 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 not different at all. And that's the reason why we were about to not see you hit a good point. That's why we weren't going to sign to Rick. That was our reason not to that. We thought people would think that Rick made us this band, but we were already this band. What Rick does is he, he finds, hold on one second. I'm, not, I'm, I'm on the phone. I'm getting a call. I'm just going to put that little special message saying I'm in a meeting. <laughs> um, so um, we didn't want to be like someone else's brain child, someone else's like thing. We were, we were doing it already. We just wanted someone to like bring us out to life, you know, someone to like show us to the rest of the world and kind of roughen out the, the, the edges. And that's what Rick did. Rick doesn't make a band. Rick, Rick has a taste, like he knows what's good, kind of, and he'll just 
help the band along. He doesn't write songs for us. He never did anything like that. What he does is he hears our songs and says, you know, that part, that part should be done twice. That part, eh, make that half. That part doesn't belong in the song. Stuff like that. He doesn't say, write this riff or write a riff like this or do this or write the lyrics like this. It's like they, it, everything was there. And you can tell by the demos. We made three demos prior to the first album. And if you listen to those album, those demos, there was no Rick on those demos. And it's very similar. It's even heavier. He kind of was like, I mean, our third demo was better production, like sound-wise, sonically, than our first album. And we told him that. And he said, you know what? We're starting from scratch. People don't know those demos. You don't want to blow your wad on the first record. Let's progress gradually. Let your first record be a punk rock vibe. Let your second record have a little more production. Third record, then you can get all polished you know he's like don't be polished from day one let them see how you started from la which was a great see that's what i'm saying this guy's got great ideas he knows yeah, cool. what to do that's who he is he's not someone that writes music for you so we were there our sound was that it's just i don't know if people would have heard us as much as if it wasn't for rick pushing us and like vouching for us i think once rick vouched for us and this was a rick thing everyone's eyes and ears open like we need to hear this band and once they heard it they realized it's a cool band you know it's got we do have flavors that other bands don't you know i love hearing that i really was hoping that's what you would say and yeah. lastly you guys hit the marketing lottery the day before that second album dropped i mean you already had to have a strong following to attract fifteen thousand people even to a free show but this was on a yeah. news loop with System of a Down being mentioned every five minutes. Then the album drops the next day. You couldn't have paid yeah. for better marketing. No. My question is, no, does that's toxicity a, that's still a... go three times multi-platinum without all that? I don't know. That I can't <laughs> tell because that event was ridiculous. When that happened, it felt like a horrible thing. But as it kept going, I was like, guys, this is crazy. <laughs> like, that that is wild. Going, some kind of shit's going down cosmically that this happened. Our album drops tomorrow and the news came. The, the local news, every station was live, helicopters showing LA. And it was like, we were from, when it started, it was like, we don't know what band this is. It's some band <laughs> from LA. And then next they were just like, you know, my kid told me this band's album's coming out tomorrow. One of the guys on the helicopter was like, I, I was gonna go buy it for him tomorrow. They're, they're called System of Down. And it became this like advertisement. And I swear to God, you know, as be my witness, there's no ploy. It wasn't planned. It was just kind of like, is this really going on? Like, like I said, we've had crucial moments. Those those moments in life where like the stars aligned for right. us, and it just we've been. And I think it's been it was manifested. I think you know I believe in manifesting. Hence the twenty two. I think twenty two is a manifesting number. And we talked about doing this and how we were gonna do it years before we had music we were just together and we talked and we got to make this band happen and we didn't even have a drummer and darren and i would sit there and we'd smoke weed and we'd be like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do that it's gonna be different than anybody it's gonna be heavy yet it's gonna be soft yet it's gonna be emotional yet. and we would do that and um i feel like it was all manifested by all of us and it's sometimes just goes right you know knock on wood it just all comes together that, yeah after that right though, i mean was that like the first time you really felt next level rock star like okay this is happening i don't know i it's you know it's it's weird i never i, I always just say i'm a normal dude but i play a rock star on tv you know and I kind of always feel that way. It's kind of like a persona. Like you're not talking to a rock star right now. You're talking to Shavo. He's he has that. I've invented another character that I play up there, and it's real. It's really me, but it's like it's cool to change to be that guy. So I never really thought that way. I kind of was very grateful, grateful that our hard work, you know, is was paying off. Um, in, in every way possible. Just a completely normal guy who's shared a stage with Clutch, Metallica, Wu-Tang, Static X, both guitar and hey, bass. Yeah. Just a legend. Oh, when Shavo what? goes to a Kanye <laughs> concert, Kanye picks up Shavo himself and takes him home afterwards. Yeah. Rockstar. Uh, that did happen. <laughs> did that, whole, that was Bad weird. Rockstar was cool. yeah, yeah. No, that was weird and it was fun and it was cool. But That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we Kanye. That's weird too. It's the whole Kanye thing. What's going on with him right now? But when I met him, it was like nothing like that. It was we were in Germany, and um, I noticed like these like urban guys like going off side of the stage. I was so pleased that like, because I don't like having one demographic. I was like, wow, we're affecting all sorts of people, right? And then they ended up backstage, and it was Kanye, and it was like I think it was Virgil, God rest his. I think it was a bunch of like the, those guys that like were around in the 
early 2000s before they became who they became the icons they became and kanye was kept be like yo man you guys are amazing i was he's like i'm like nice to meet you i didn't know who kanye was bro i'd never heard of kanye and he was like you know i'm kanye west i'm like cool i'm nice good to know you but i didn't know and he kept going you know kanye i'm like no i don't know kanye but it's cool you know like we're you're cool you know like you're a cool dude yeah let's go but then i realized told him are you, are you the guy with the jaw where you have that video with the bulletin board he's like yeah that's me <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's where it all became that one video with the bulletin board and i was i was intrigued so him and i exchanged numbers and we just kind of were cool and then when he played la and i think it was like 2000 i don't know 10, 11 or something 12 he played like a few days at the staple center and we just kind of called each other and he came pick me up i just had had a kid so I was like, I can't literally leave my kids. Like, no, I'm gonna come get you. We're gonna go to the show, and I'm gonna bring you back. I said, okay, cool, <laughs> let's go. You know, so that's oh, the, that's that. how that went down. Yeah, oh, that's, that's how that cool. went. Hey, yeah, I know you were flirting with the EDM and some DJ stuff. Have you taken that next step yet, DJ Shava? Um, I used to DJ all the like, like in in the '90s prior to us touring. I went to raves, and I was that. You know, I know how big it is right now. It was in, in a small way. LA was blowing up with that, with the with the underground parties and. As I started going and um, I, I never liked dance music. I was like, I don't dance. All of a sudden I felt it there. I was like, dude, this shit's cool. That dude's <laughs> controlling. Plus I had like, you know, I had a little, um, you know, um, what do you call it? I had a pill in my system for the first time. I didn't like, what? Gotcha. I didn't, that shit was like, <laughs> damn, bro. I'm feeling this music. You know, I, this guy's mind controlling me. Like, Changes me. So, perspectives. Yeah, it did. So I was like, I want to do this. And because I always loved that whole being on stage and like looking at the crowd and like controlling the crowd's energy, you know, and I was like, that guy's doing that to me right now. So I got, I couldn't afford record. I mean, uh, turntables at the time, but I started buying records. I started going to all the little shops and buying records, recording them on cassette and listening to them as I was driving to learning the tracks. And then I bought my first 18, you know, my 1200. And then I bought my, my mixer and I started mixing and I did some parties and I started as, my name was DJ Tactics at the time. And then, uh, and I did, I did perform a lot. I did a lot of like outdoor gigs and forest parties and shit like that in LA, uh, moon tribes. I did that kind of stuff. And then when the system started touring again, I kind of stopped. Uh, and then when it became digital, I was turned off. Um, but recently I just purchased the new CDJ 3000 and, and the new Nexus mixer. So I'm going to get back into it. Cause I feel like I should, you I know, it's like calling you me again. Yeah, yeah, it's calling me again. You know, I've got some ideas, but I just kind of <laughs> like I said, I'm I've been creative, so creative. It's like I have too much in front of me, so I have to kind of focus. So I'm gonna focus on the solo thing, and then the North Kingsley, and then after that, I'll see where I go. You know All right. On the other side of the break, we'll get into cannabis and 22 Red. We'll be right back with Shavo. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Something Crunchy, and I hope you're enjoying the episode. It now pays to crunch down every week because we're hooking you up with big discounts from big brands. Up to 35% off Invicta watches using code CRUNCHY and apparel from 8080, where in addition to 10% off using code CRUNCHY, every dollar you spend goes toward an entry into the Dream Car Giveaway. Don't forget to join the Something Crunchy Facebook group for updates, polls, and the web's crunchiest memes. You can find us on Twitter at crunch underscore cast. And feel free to send any questions in your track submissions to somethingcrunchy at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the show. And we're back crunching down with the one and only Shavo Adagian. Shavo has a premium lifestyle and cannabis brand, which you may have already seen if you're in Arizona, California, or Nevada. Shavo, tell us about 22 Red. 22 Red. So in 2017, one of my really good friends who I've like my longest friend I've had ever, we've known each other since we were like seven years old. Um, we were talking about starting a lifestyle brand. He's more of a textile guy. He, he has a warehouse in uh, Hollywood. They make merch, they make hoodies, t-shirts, like high end. And all made in LA, made in Hollywood, nothing outside of that. Um, so we're like, why don't we make a lifestyle brand? Kind of how I dress, minimal branding, cool vibes, logo, this, that. So we were going to start a brand, you know, lifestyle brand, just him and I. And what happened was we were reacquainted with one of our old friends. Um, he, he was younger than us, named Sean, Surreal Yields. And he 
grew in LA. I, I knew he was in the weed industry and he grew, but I didn't know at what capacity, you know? And, um, and I never really wanted to get into the weed game. I was like, I was a smoker connoisseur. I was just like, I do what I do. You do what you do. I, I don't want to learn how to grow. I don't want to learn. Cause I always thought if you're doing something, you should do it all. You know, you shouldn't be just, you know, I didn't want to rep something. I didn't know where it came from. I didn't want to be sure. a celebrity brand. So that was my whole thing. I don't want to be a celebrity brand. Um, well, when I saw what he was doing, I was like, okay, I could rep this cause I want to smoke this. Like I, I could totally just smoke this and be happy because this is the best. And, um, the dude's like known for, cre you know, creating some of the world renowned grows that you've heard of now brands, brands that are now global used his grow tactics. You know what I mean? His, his, um, I don't know what you call it, but his like plans to like, you know, how he sets up grows very versatile, very innovative. Um, until today he's setting grows up daily. Uh, he's got millions of square feet under his belt. Um, Anyhow, so once he came into the picture, we said we can make it a lifestyle cannabis brand. And that's exactly the time where California became recreational. So I was like, it's a good time for us to get into the business. We started 2018, 11, 11, 2018, uh, 11, 11, 22, um, 22 is my birth. Yeah. 22 is my birthday. May, I'm, I'm born April 22nd, which is 4224. That's 2222. Twos have always been around. I'm married. My anniversary is May 22nd. Um, I, I was 22 when system got picked up in 96. Um, I was 44 when I thought of 22 red. So I was, that's 22. <laughs> that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. And then, um, what else is there? Oh, this is the craziest one. So I got three kids, my two sons, they're born two years and 22 days apart. Wow. So that's, that's the craziest. That is that's the crazy. craziest. Yeah. Like the rest I could have kind of, except for my birthday, the rest I could have kind of made 22 happen. Right. But except my getting signed as well, but the whole kids thing. And that I realized way later in life where he, they were like four or five years old. And one was four, one was six. And I was like, let me look at these guys. And I was like, wait, one's born September 8th and one's born September 30th. Like, that's 22 <laughs> days. <laughs> I was like, Damn, how does that happen? And, then I was like, they're two, and they're two years apart, you know? So it's, it's just been kind of, part of me bro just like since i was born you know and it's i've always wore 22 on stage um and then i did study i studied the number you know numerology a little bit i'm not that crazy into it but i appreciate it uh and um you know tw they say 22 is the angel number you can manifest shit with it and i feel like my whole life has kind of been manifesting and that grinding and making it happen before it's happened making it happen in your head and then it happens in reality you know real life Oh, I got some and, numerology stuff yeah. for you. I like your thing with numbers and the significance of 22 in your life. We totally get that and can relate. Blair's that way with 555 and 1111, which you just mentioned. I found something interesting about the number 22 you might enjoy. This was in a blog I found. Uh -huh. The three most empowering numbers in numerology. Since the birth of numerology in ancient Greece, the numbers 11, 22, and 33 have been revered as master numbers commanding yep. an extra strong presence in the cosmos. Master mm -hmm. number 11, that's the communicator. I definitely vibe more with the 11. Master number 33, that's the master teacher. But number 22, this is the master builder. Tell me if this hits home. The most powerful number of all is 22, and it's often found in the charts of people who are doers, leaders, and visionary builders. These are individuals who are capable of turning wild dreams into solid accomplishments, blessed with the intuition of the number 11, but possessing a more disciplined approach to action. The special mission of the number 22 is to serve humankind in a practical, progressive way. Wow. Mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop. drop. I'm done. Thank, Thank you. Good night. Legit Shavo. <laughs> Does that not like embody Shavo? System what? of a down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. North Kingsley. 22 red. For everything. Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. I've I've read similar, but that's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I I Big didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't you're say it. You're doing what yeah. you're meant to be doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think you just that, keep I, doing yeah. what you're doing. That's exactly how I see. Is like you're you're on the right path. But I always thought oh, like yeah. 11 11 was like you're you're doing where you're supposed to be doing. Keep going there. Exactly. Just keep going. Um, that's my thing. I always like I like I said I have three kids. I I, I mentor them. I don't discipline them. I mentor them. I tell them what's good, what's bad, and I make them let their own. I, I let them make their own decisions. You know, 
and that's how it should be because they might too, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They might have that. And they do. I see the drive in them too. And it's really cool to see that. And um, yeah, I, you know, yes, you said it all. Nothing more I could say. Well, keeping it with 22 for a second, we tried to play a game on every episode in our Crunchtastic R&D department came up with a quickie, if you'll indulge us. <sighs> I'm going to present a couple of facts using the number 22. One is true. One is completely made up. Let's see if you can guess the true fact, and you only have 22 seconds to answer because I know we got to get you out of here pretty soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, we got this. Which one is true? 22 is the world record for the amount of people riding on a single skateboard or the amount of hours in the longest ever stand-up comedy show. Holy Ooh, shit. Um, wow, how do I know this one? I'm going to take a guess. Skateboard. Skateboard is correct. No <laughs> oh. way, it is. It is. It was 22 people riding on a single skateboard as seen in the Weezer video from 2008. That's amazing. Wow. I, I love Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there it is, baby. What's it, next? Huh? The longest stand-up show, oddly, was like 40 hours and 8 minutes. I was going to say, I thought it was longer. It was like yeah, way been, longer. Uh, I was like, had to be way longer because you, know, you could talk that. way longer than people on a skateboard but yeah that's crazy what? i know dice did something like that and andrew dice clay oh, did, did some right. crazy he did shit something with the day the laughter died because he, he he waited he, he he didn't leave until everyone left like people got sick of him <laughs> awesome. like i ain't going nowhere i'm because i'm not stopping till everyone's gone and I, yes. think, I think i think rick rubin produced it i think that was rick's idea yeah didn't dane so, cook try to break that record too maybe maybe, maybe. it's, sure. it's something Probably. they try to do yeah all right, well, man. I'm gonna go see Bill Burr tonight. Oh. Really? Oh, that's yeah, cool. I'm excited. Oh, Very that's excited awesome. Yeah. That should be a blast. He's amazing. It will. It will. Have yeah, you seen I him live? Is, man. No, I mean I've seen him on TV live, but never gone to a show. Yeah. I got invited, so I'm gonna go hang out with him and oh, watch that's so the show. cool. Yeah, that should be yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. Right on. Yes, sir. All right, two left here. O.J. Simpson's Bronco was chased for 22 mm. miles before arriving in Brentwood, or the Titanic was traveling at a speed of 22 knots before it crashed into an iceberg. One of those is true. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to say OJ for, so, for no reason. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. Nice guess. I feel good that you guessed that. That's the one I made up. The Titanic was actually traveling Titanic, at a speed yeah. <laughs> of 22 knots before it wow, crashed into crazy. the iceberg. Hauling. More 22 new. Okay. I wanted it to be OJ. I, I, <laughs> I wanted it to be OJ as well. I wanted that to I be was thinking right OJ too. That was actually closer yeah. to 60 miles. Man. Wow, it you, was? Yeah. Because he went from like Orange County to like Brentwood. I yeah. I guess that's longer. And yeah, it was Holland. Right. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have thought. I, sh I should have thought more. All right. <laughs> next. It's tough. All right. The button. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A million dollars in a hundred dollar bills weighs 22 pounds or Shit. dry land makes up for only 22% of the earth's surface. I have an immediate guess, but I want to Shit. see what Shondo says. I don't know. Um, you can call for a lifeline. Blair's ready to help you. Should I Google this real quick? <laughs> <laughs> don't you um, cheat, Shondo. No, I'm we not can't Google cheat. this. That's not I'm one of your lifelines. Guess... I'm going to guess the land. I don't know, man. Yes, that oh, was my guess. Yeah. Oh, you guys yeah. both fell in the trap. That's nope. closer to no. 26 or 27. Tyler's right, knowing yeah. that a million dollars in $100 bills weighs exactly 22. 22 pounds. Really? Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's that's kind of cool, though. Yeah. That's it is kind of cool. That's it. What, uh, what's the... What's the land one? It's probably less, right? No, I think that was like 26, 27 percent. I don't oh, know. So it's like close. It like, changes with global yeah. warming. That, that and all was that. way too close. That was yeah, way too close. We were, uh, way too close. Trick question. Trick question. Trick question. Oh, that was. Yeah. Thank you for indulging us. That's awesome. Some fun facts. I was thinking with 22. after global warming. After global warming, it's going to be 22. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. We were just like, if that shit future. Yeah. Yeah. If that shit's real, I don't know. Right. We yeah. don't even know. Who, who knows? We who don't knows? even know. One more Do question about 22 red. Any yes. um, innovations coming down the line? Have you have you guys thought about uh, anything new that hasn't been done, or is it uh, uh, strictly quality based? I'm always thinking that, but at the moment we're strictly quality based. We're a boutique brand, so we're not like and we don't have hundred million dollars of investors, you know, uh, investments. So it's hard to do that. But right now I'm just trying to stay have great products with great quality. I don't ever want to you know skim on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's number one for me because. Uh, 
you know, I do want to come up with some cool shit and I do have a lot of great ideas. I have a book that I write in a journal of great ideas and we will one by one. I just need this brand to start popping more across the States and then we can do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the moment, because the market's down everywhere, um, we're, we're doing what we do and keeping the quality the same. Because right now is the time where everyone's dropping their quality because we've becoming, you know, way more available the mids are everywhere and everyone's kind of like okay we'll make more money with mids i'd rather just not make as much money but still have a premium i would i would rather take my shit off the shelves if it's mids than keep them on the shelves you know um it, i have I, I swear by this shit bro i put my name on it i don't want to ruin the my um my, my reputation of having quality for everything music art weed <laughs> yeah. you have a great you know. track record in that department tell yeah. us uh, tell us I, about uh lone star in these pre-rolls so um our model for the business is not where we're not we're not vertical everywhere we kind of partner i find a grow we give them the genetics we give them our branding they we show them what to do we tell them this is how we do it um and they do it for us and then i monitor it my grower goes out there my you know, Sean, our consultant, he goes out there, he makes sure everything is cool. So that's a better way of scaling because it's hard. You need, you need a lot of loot to like start a growth, get the distro, get the license. But by the time you do that, you're like, kind of, that's, those are the brands that focus on one state, you know, yeah. we're a brand that's going to focus on, you know, going global at some point. So we had been going through a few grows that were kind of starting off good. Then all of a sudden quality would drop or the vibe would drop or the strains would change. And I don't, you know what I mean? um come by my group i'd love to see it uh, i'd love to see it you know i need quality and i need something to be uh consistent you know and uh that's tough with everyone it's it's tough it's like in cali it was easy it's tough everywhere else well when we met um when we met the lone star guys i noticed that they're doing a few really right things you know so with some help and with you know i really like their strains their genetics were good uh we're we're bringing them our genetics from cali soon and um it just felt like a right fit i also vibed with the guys there the growers were really cool they understood me they understood my mission and they fully were able to take the reins and do it and so far it's been nothing but wonderful with them um and you know i tell you i always bring genetics these guys had genetics that hadn't been used and we kind of took some of those over until we can bring ours through because you know legally you have to do certain things to make it happen it's not overnight you can't you can't just transfer cross borders and stuff. And I, tr I try to stay legal with everything we do, you know, and I try to cut corners. So it's just, they just were a match, bro. It just worked, you know? Um, like I said, I've dealt with so many, especially in like outside of Cali where I can't be there every day. Uh, but I try to visit monthly and do what I can to make sure everything is, you know, the way I say it is. Because um, you know, most brands don't have a rep like me where I have a voice and if I say something and the opposite happens, I lose that voice. So I need to hold on to that. That's true. Know? Yeah. Anything going with carts? I'm a cartridge guy. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to do, especially in Arizona, we're starting in Arizona, live resin and live rosin uh, disposables. Perfect. Um, but strain, strain specific, you know what I'm saying? So when, when we have it in our jar, it's going to be enough pen as well i don't like this uh distillate we used to have distillate like our brand started with three flavors of pre-rolls eights and distillate pens with sea salt you know cartridges and i just as i learned more educated myself on distillate i just i don't want to i i call us pre i say we're premium we should be premium premium is live resin live rosin premium right. is not distillate so i took that off of our even though i was making us money i was like i'd rather not like i said i'd rather make less and be more true to myself than make more and be false yeah. um so point. yes thank you they are coming uh we should have it within the next six months maybe five months nice. uh, we're just doing all the testing i'm trying to bring my chemist from out california i work with marcus from nature's lab i've been friends with him even before i had 22 red so when i started 22 he was the go-to and he's still the go-to that's my guy um so i have him consult just like i have a girl consultant i also have a um a um consultant for um you know concentrates and he's my guy so i have him going out there i have him picking devices we're not 
we don't have any proprietary devices, we're, we're, but we're finding out, the, we're finding the best one to fit the mold for us right now. Because, nice. like I said, if you want to innovate something like that, it costs hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure does. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, what are some so, of your favorite strains? I know that you have been educated on your pilgrimage to Amsterdam and learned how yeah. to become a connoisseur and all this stuff. What are your favorites? I mine changes all the time. You know, um, originally I really liked sativas mostly uh, because. I'm a creative and I like smoking throughout the day. And if you smoke indica throughout the day, you're kind of, you know, it takes away your oomph, um, your drive. Uh, so I'll do indica at night. I love, you know, I love the OGs. I'm still an OG head. If it's real, if, 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 if it's done well, like the old pre 98s, I love that. I love the pre 98 bubbas. I'm still an old school head, bro. Um, I love for the sativas. I, I love the hazes. I love the Neville's haze back in the day. I love the lemons. I love the super silvers. I love the jacks. Um, there's some new stuff we're popping right now. We're doing a genetics run and it's from Seattle. And those are sativa dominant too. And we haven't named those yet, but we have hundreds of seeds that we're popping and we're tasting. And uh, so far what's come around is a good start. And I'm really enjoying the effects we're trying to make the flavor as good as well. So we're crossing it with some nice flavors. Um, hopefully we'll have that soon, you know, because my number one thing with this is, is not to have a brand and make money, it's to create great genetics. And it took time to get to this level. So now we're in the midst of it. So hopefully within a year, I'll have a lot of new proprietary genetics that no one has nice. and no one touches. So like I said, I love the old bubbles. We call that church. Uh, we, I had a great cut of it. We lost the cut. I can't find any more of it. Um, I'm, I'm on the hunt. There's a lot of genetics called church out there. They're not what I'm looking for. We called it the church. We kind of named it that it's not what others called their bud church. I think it's an old Bubba cut as it's an old cherry cross with Bubba back in the day, pre 90, it was like 96, 97 when we had this. And, um, I know it's out there. I know they probably have it on it's the out, East Coast somewhere. It, it is out there. No, it's it's <laughs> out there. And I have people looking out for it too. And I know I've smelled it every now and then. It's the type of weed where you smoke it and the exhale smells like frankincense. That's Whoa. That was my favorite ever. And we had it in the beginning of the brand. In 2018, we had a cut of it. But it, it wasn't the healthiest cut, but we found it. So it lasted us for like six months. And then it, you know. What we happened kind of, to yeah. what happened in 1998? What, what was so great about uh, the Bubba pre 98, post 98? I don't know. They lost those cuts. They lost those old cuts. There's a Jack that's pre 98. That's really nice. Um, I think the legality started happening everywhere, and it just got everyone got, started cross. They, they started down. crossing them. Yeah, they started crossing them with other strains, and they just became generic. Like weed at the moment. I'm not joking. It's very generic everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they started like there's a few seed companies that came out and I'm not going to mention them, but what they did is they oversaturated. They gave certain seeds to certain brands. Those brands came up with those specific genetics. Then what they did is they oversaturated the market with those seeds. They gave them away to everyone. Mm -hmm. So then everyone started crossing them with each other. So everything you smoke is either a gelato cut or it's a freaking suit. Um, you know, like the runs and the gelato and the, the, the bananas, and they're just all part of the same family getting crossed with each other. And I think it's losing its thing. It's just like everyone has the same. Yeah. Um, I miss the days of having original chem dogs and having the sour diesels and, you know what I'm saying? Like having strains that were original. Um, I think that it's coming around again and people are actually hunting like I am, um, you know, for the next great thing and it shouldn't be crossed with what's already big right now it should be like totally separate from what's happening right now to separate it from what you know the the genericness out there because that's what it is you know trappers all have the same weed they're all into this lemon gelato lemon runs that's it's all they're into that's so and big right now you know, and all the stores huge. are filled with that that's is, yeah is it the marketability of it is that what they're trying to push on others it's the candy flavor. It's that whole gelato candy, which I love it. I loved it. You know what I mean? But it, I like those old gelato cuts. Like we, they were delicious. But when you cross it over and over and over with something else that's in the same family, it just becomes generic and less powerful. And, you know, this is what I think. I'm not, I'm not end all sayer of it. This is just my opinion. I agree. Totally agree. It. So yeah, that's just me. That's what I think. So I'm Genetics and lineage is, is the next yeah, big thing. Exactly. And being original. Like, 
something that's not crossed with what's already crossed with at the moment, you know, something different. Take it back to the land race. Exactly. I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. Well, I like that you're about the quality and it's the same when it comes to uh, the apparel. I mean, 22 Red's more than cannabis, lifestyle brand. Tell us about the apparel. Um, so we started off, it's always been where I wanted it to be a better quality than just teas that people give away, you know? Um, so we have an actual art department that creates and we finally landed a deal with a merch manufacturing company. Cause like I said, we do the whole, where we have, we find a partner that manufactures and we kind of guide them to manufacture the right way and sell for us and we take a cut. And, um, we finally found a great partner here in LA and, um, our design team has been working over time. We have the next seven months of drops. We're going to drop a new capsule every month of like three, four or five different designs and on different tees and different hoodies that are not like just the type that when you wash them, they shrink and you can never wear them again. They're actually pre-washed and, you know, some of them are already, you know, messed with and just stuff I would wear, you know, they're minimal branding, but have really cool vibes. Um, so we're going to do that. And yeah, and we're going to do like minimum drops. We're not going to have, we're not going to oversaturate the market. Um, we're going to break molds. We're going to drop some stuff and never have it again. So they become worth something when they, you know what I mean? I am, I'm, I'm a, Smart. I'm a fan of that. I'm, I'm a fan yeah. of having stuff that like is not, everyone doesn't have it. You need. And if you, yeah, if you got it, the, if, if you got it early on, you got it. If you didn't, you missed the boat and get the next one, you know? So I'm, that's the route we're going. So this is new for this year. Um, I think by May or June, we'll do our first drop. And then every month after that, we'll be dropping and you'll find them all on 22red.com. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention our pre-roll packs that we just dropped. Nice. Uh, we just dropped them. Yeah. They're called personal. It's something I've wanted to do since day one of the brand. Cause that's how I smoke my weed. I roll them up in little joints, put them in a old cigarette box or something like the little yes. plastic ones you can yeah. buy now. And you know, that's how I've always done it. And it wasn't like, it wasn't out there. The whole market wasn't saturated with packs. It was like, they had just single pre-rolls everywhere. So I've been wanting to do it. But like I said, we're a boutique brand. It takes a little longer for us to do stuff. But finally it's out. We're doing seven point fivers. It's an eighth roll for you. Um, and we're using a nug run. We're not doing shake. We're not doing any kind of concentrates over it at the moment that make it taste better. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it is what you, it's, it's, it's what we have in, in our jars is exactly what we have rolled. It's just crushed up nugs into joints with nothing else added. So it's oh, kind of like we Speaking do the work, my language. you know, yeah, we do the work for you. You know what I mean? Some people want to roll their own. Some people don't. It's the exact same thing. One is rolled, one isn't. And uh, we're calling them personals. They're point fives. I love point fives. I don't like anything because usually, you know, by the time you're making a point five, it, the filters all clogged or whatever and you don't want to really share weed nowadays no. yeah. you kind of want to have your own and give your and uh, give the person you're smoking you with personal of course exactly so personal i come up with that yes it was really cool so yeah i wanted to give that a little shout out that oh, we yeah. have them now in all of arizona soon by june they'll be in nevada and hopefully by end of summer they'll be in cali oh right on excited yeah. so let me know yeah that. hell yeah thank you shava you are a saint all good. My pleasure, brother. Oh, Thank you for having me, by the way. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You were great, dude. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Follow Shavo at Shavo Adagian on IG and follow 22Red at 22Red. Also, get over to 22Red.com to check out their premium products and crunchy gear. Shavo, this has been memorable, my friend. You are a great guy, and we really appreciate your time. I hope we get a chance to talk again and keep doing what you do. Thank you, brother. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, have you, a good Shavo. time at Thank Bill Burr Show tonight. Awesome. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Have a great one, guys. You we'll too. see you when I get to Arizona, maybe. Yes, yes please, please do. Reach out. Awesome. We'll do, brother. Be right. well, yeah, guys. Thank you, too. Thanks, Shava. Bye-bye. What a guy. Oh, what a, so wow. cool. He's so grounded and cool. This guy has stories for days. Yeah. He has lived the ultimate rock star life and just treats it like, you know, that's something I do on stage and I enjoy that. That's not all of me. That's just part of me. And that's like the extreme version of me. To have that perspective and just be so grounded and humble is amazing. To have that kind of talent and match it with the drive and ambition yes. that it takes, like that is what That's makes why he is where him he unique. Is. Everyone has that awesome book in them or that awesome album in them or that awesome podcast, podcast in them. <laughs> and it's just taking that next step and having that Do drive it. and ambition. Do it. It's motivating to be around a guy like that. Yeah. 
serious drive. Man, he's talking about DJ stuff. He's got his solo album, North Kingsley, which is really cool. Totally different sound from System of a Down, but still has the heavy vibe to it. He does both guitar and bass. It's got kind of the trap beats. Interested yeah. to hear the solo as Interested well. Interested to hear the solo. That's going to be fun. that. He's so right. It's such a good idea. Like Santana did that. There's a few other bands that have gone and like had a a featured artist on every track, whether they're playing an instrument or doing the vocals. And that is a cool idea, but he's right in that it's not sustainable, marketable for, for a tour. tour. You can't take that whole group on tour with you. I'm excited about the personals. You're ex- yes. you're all about the personals. Yeah. You can't wait for the nugs. To I think come a out. lot of people want personals. I want that nug run, baby. You're ready for the nug run. Good quality stuff. 5K nug run. Pre-98 Bubba Who didn't Bubba have biscuit. like a little like... Something fishy happened in 98. I'm going to get to the bottom of the side yeah. of beef here. Side <laughs> of beef. 1998 sucked for weed. What ha- It was like the 2008 economic crisis yeah. for weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pre like BC 98. Like what is all of that? Yeah. And I didn't even get into smoking weed until like 98. So I missed the golden years. <laughs> That's sad. That was right at the cusp of that was like all first, the changes. First time I ever smoked weed, I think, was 98. Maybe 99. I was right around the millennia. Yeah. <laughs> if I was... 14? 13 or 14. Ooh. Yeah. Out of a pudding cup in the backyard. Yeah. You can smoke out of a pudding cup? You can. Sure can. Oh. It won't get you high, but you can try. <laughs> <laughs> it won't get you there yeah. when you're smoking swagging seeds out of a pudding cup. It doesn't work, <laughs> but I did it. And then, like a couple of years later, I smoked out of some pool part in a dude's backyard, and like, that did it. That that, that was that the was one. the uh, like okay, some PVC pipe. Yeah, like you know, you think you bust that first nut in the shower, and you're mm-hmm. like, I did it. And then like, then it really happens, and you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, I better be careful with this. Thing. <laughs> yeah, somebody's getting pregnant shit. with great power. Now this happens okay. <laughs> with great power. <laughs> With great load power comes great <laughs> load responsibility. <laughs> you better put that somewhere easy to clean. <laughs> oh, that's great. New Dream Card giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code Crunchy, every dollar you spend gets you entered into a chance to win a brand new Lamborghini plus $60,000 in cash. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out SunderCrunchy.com where you'll find every episode, our links to social media, and the Almighty Crunch Store where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Join us every Friday at 10 o'clock on 97.3 The Rattler or find us wherever you get your podcasts. This has been another episode of Something Crunchy. And as always, don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life. And be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening.